Hello and welcome to another episode of The Trading Desk. My name is Joshua Thanos and today I'll be your host. Uh, I have a co-host as well. That's my friend John Callahan. Hey, John. What's going on, Josh? Nothing much. Uh, I'm excited to be recording today because we have a third guest, which uh, we've been working on for a few months trying to get him on the podcast. He's a watch guy and he's also uh, a, a guy that we've been watching on TV for, for a long time, play basketball, and that's uh, Patrick Patterson of the Los Angeles Clippers. How's it going, guys? Thanks for being on, Fantastic. Man. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Awesome. So, uh, guys, if you don't know uh, Patrick Patterson from the Watch World, you check him out on Instagram. You'll see every once in a while he'll post. Uh, you're a supporter of Wet Watch Wednesday and early adopter, so I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely support that. Strong. <laughs> That's nice. That's right, man. I think your, your Wet Watch Wednesday post where I think you might have been on vacation or you were in some amazing, like, infinity pool where you, uh, you took a, a wrist roll shot of an AP 15400 with a black dial and tagged me. I freaked out that day. I was so happy. I uh, was like showing all my friends. <laughs> yes, I remember that. I was actually, believe it or not, my honeymoon. Uh, Ooh, my my nice. wife and I were in Bora Bora, of all places in the world. And that, I think, wow. if I'm not mistaken, was my very first Wet Watch Wednesday. And since yeah. then, it's, it's hard to top that one. You know, it's it's very difficult <laughs> to top that one, uh, is the way you described it. But it's been great. It's been great. It's a, it's a great thing that you do every Wednesday. Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, I mean, I I think you know there's Speedy Tuesday, and then there's Half Watch, Half Watch Tuesdays, and all there's all sorts of different hashtags for watches. But nobody really pays attention to like the to the dive watches, and that's kind of those are mine. Or that's my thing is dive watches. So I uh, I appreciate you supporting. And John, we got to get you on Wet Watch Wednesday, man. You have literally been trying to get me to do this now for <laughs> every time we do a, year. A, a show together. You're like, you got to get on the Wet Watch Wednesday. So I, I, <laughs> I'll, I promise I'm going to get there. I I, I have, have been derelict in my duty in doing that, but I promise I will. All right. Well, Next I forgive you as long as you, as long as you, yeah, make make an effort to do it. So, you got it. Um, <laughs> appreciate that. So uh, all right. So let's start the show as always with a wrist shot. Um, Let's start. We'll do uh, John, then me, then Pat. How's that? Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Perfect. Cool. So uh, today I have got on, which is the only watch I have available at the moment because I'm in the middle of a move. But I have my uh, vintage Lacoot uh, Memo Box. And uh, if you've watched any of the live Instagram shows, I've pretty much been wearing it in quarantine exclusively. So um, it's from the early 60s. Got a beat up dial. I mean, it's actually broken. I need to have it fixed, but it is the only watch I have out. I got it on a little NATO strap. Uh, it's a fun piece. It's the only vintage watch I have, um, and I actually really like wearing it, even though it's broken. And I'm probably going to do more damage <laughs> than good, just not getting it fixed. So um, once that goes in for service, I've got a couple of things lined up. But that's what I got on today. Nice. So is that the member box? That's an alarm. It is, yep, and the alarm crown fell out, so uh, oh, I actually wore it to work uh, in the office like a moron one day, and then it fell out, and now uh, I guess that's what I get. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I think we know some people who can fix that. I think you. we do. <laughs> All, right. All right, cool. So, Patrick, what you got on the wrist today? Uh, today I have on my Rolex Batman uh, 116710 BLNR. Love this watch. Uh, for me, it's my everyday watch. Um, wear it all the time to and from work to gym, wear it to the games, grocery store, wherever it may be, anytime I step foot outside or even just hanging out inside the home. Um, this is definitely my go-to for everyday wear. Um, I love it. I'm a big fan of Batman, comic books, the whole shebang. So it was a must buy for me. Um, just love the blue, love the black, love the dial, love the, the way it fits and sits on my wrist. Uh, I love the bracelet. Just so much about this watch that I just enjoy staring at every single day. So for me, the nice. Batman, that's what I want right now. Oh, that's great. So a uh, couple questions on that then. So, well, just to let the, the audience know, so it's a, four, it's a 40 millimeter. He's talking about the discontinued version on the Oyster bracelet, with, so mm -hmm. the larger links. Um, so number one, did you buy it new at like an 80? No, I did not buy it new. I bought it uh, pre-owned. Uh -huh. um, a good friend of mine um, was sitting on one that he had acquired and he was, no longer wearing um sure had no use for it anymore so i was able to convince him to uh sell it to me for a reasonable amount and oh, since nice. then you know it's, it's just been a constant wear on my wrist okay that's All great right. awesome so yeah. uh that's fantastic so then have you thought about adding the uh the jubilee version to your collection as well 
I'm not a big fan of the Jubilee. I, I don't know why. Um, right. When it comes to, you know, the GMTs or even, um, yeah, when, when it comes to, to the GMTs, the Batmans, even the Pepsis, I'm just not a big fan of of the Jubilee bracelet, the way it looks on my wrist, you know, it, it looks, sure. it looks good on other people's wrists. I assume, you right. know, of course, other people like it. It's their forte, it's their preference. Right. But for me, I'm, it's just the way the Batman looks on the oyster bracelet, the same thing with the Pepsi, the Coke. I just prefer overall the oyster bracelet. Yeah, I think, I think you're, I think most people probably feel the same way. I'll tell you this. So I've owned both versions. Mm -hmm. I've had, I had the Batman. I had a feeling it was going to get discontinued. Right. So I went out and bought one and I got lucky because uh, I think I bought it at 10 and then sold it for like $14,000 like a few months later. So I got lucky with that, but I got to wear it in between it and I, and I did love the watch. I kind of started falling in love with it. Um, obviously I sold it and since then I did buy a, uh, a Jubilee Batman. So I've owned that watch twice. The first time I had it for like a couple days, I hated it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. It's a sport watch, Jubilee bracelet, whatever. Second time I ended up picking it up and I just, I wore it. I told myself, All right, I want to give this thing a full week. Yeah. So I put it on the wrist after probably the third day, I realized like the genius of Rolex. And, and this is something I always come back to is that Rolex always knows how to make a watch that makes sense. Even if it doesn't seem like it's going to make sense, it, it does. Mm -hmm. And after wearing that for about a week, I realized that that Jubilee bracelet is so much more comfortable than the Oyster. And I think that's true for most, most bracelets. When you have smaller links, they don't look as nice, but they are more comfortable. Yeah. So after giving it a second try, uh, I mean, I, I, if I had a choice between the both, I'd probably still pick the Oyster just because I like the aesthetic of it and it's comfortable enough. Mm -hmm. But Rolex did really they they make it does make a lot of sense on that on that jubilee and and the only thing I, the criticism i would say is that if they if they had it on the jubilee with the hidden clasp as opposed to the big sport clasp i think that would make it perfect right um because that there's nothing more comfortable than that but uh but yeah it's it, it, it's it's hard to get used to uh because it does look it looks like uh it doesn't make sense right so you have a sport watch with what should be basically like a dress right. bracelet and it, it doesn't look as nice but the, I'd say next time you have a chance, give it another shot, and, I, and, and you might find that it, it is so comfortable that it, it's worth having. I might have to do that. I might have to give it another go. You might have convinced yeah, me. Just try it. Yeah, well, whatever. We'll see. <laughs> so, um, all right, and then uh, on, my, on my wrist, uh, I, uh, I, I dug uh, all my watches out of, the, uh, out of my collection, and I decided to put on the one that I've been wearing, some, uh, wearing all the time, and that's my, my Panerai Pam 233. So, like your uh, Batman, it, it's a GMT. Mm -hmm. um, unlike your Batman, it's a uh, it's a 44 millimeter Luminor case with a large crown guard. It's a black dial with uh, just regular like green loom. Um, this one is the uh, a sandwich dial. So basically, the way this works, in order to enhance the loom, they have a large disc of loom that sits below a cutout black dial. So now you can it it just it creates a, like a, a much more stark amount of uh, of loom and it and it really really is super bright even during the day um it has uh, an eight day power reserve and some manual wine watch i have it on a rubber strap it's on a bright orange rubber strap as well and a tang buckle um it's probably my favorite watch in my collection right now the uh, the my only rolex happens to have the same movement as yours pat and that's my explorer 2 mm -hmm. um 42 millimeter uh, great watch. That's a watch that it took me two, two tries to like. The first time I owned that watch years ago, I hated it. Got rid of it very quickly. And now I think this might be like a lifer watch for me is the 42 Explorer. But, uh, which, but yeah, that's what I got on the wrist today. Which dial do you have of the Explorer 2? Uh, it's a black dial. A black dial. Nice. Yeah. Which uh, I, I prefer. I mean, I like them both. I can see there's merits in having both watches in the same collection because uh, they're there's such a big difference between the white and the black. Obviously, the white is the one that, that gets chased the most. It has a nickname, the Polar. There's no nickname for the black dial other than just just the Explorer. Um, but uh, I I don't have, I only have, I think, one white dial watch, and it's a Breitling Emergency that I don't wear very often. I just tend to, to go towards darker dials. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, do you, have, you don't have one by chance, do you? No, I don't have one. No. I thought about getting one. I thought about getting one. But uh, no, I didn't pull the trigger on that one yet okay yeah i think i don't think you can go wrong with either I, I it's my belief in that either this year which i think we've heard rumors of which may have been substantiated that uh rolex is going to release some new watches in september um so uh 
So I, and whenever they release new watches, they always discontinue as well. So I, I believe either this year or next year, they're going to discontinue the 42 Explorer. Mm -hmm. It's going to be about 10 years that they've released that. I think that they're going to, they're going to mess with the subs. I think the Submariners are either going to get a new, at least a new, uh, uh, a new movement the or actually get scaled down. I'm, I'm hoping they get scaled down. But so that's going to, that's going to drive anybody who's trying to buy a sub crazy because those watches are going to go, you know, it's super high demand. Uh, but I also think that they might discontinue the 42 Explorer and either put like a ceramic bezel or scale it down or something like that. So yeah, I guess we'll have to, to wait and see. I think that they, uh, that would be actually really interesting if they decided to do something new to the sub. I, I would be okay with that though. I think that they can add something or, or put another movement or something in there. I think that they're going to end up, it might not be this year, but they're definitely going to discontinue the Hulk at some point, right? I don't know how much longer they can continue yeah. to run an anniversary piece. Um, but that's the one I've, I've thought they would have done it already. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the, uh, well, the sub, it'll be, well, so it's been 10 years. 2010 is when they released the, the, the new style ceramic subs with these maxi cases. They also had those, um, the Hulk at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it, it makes sense in terms of timing that they would yeah. do something like that. But, I mean, it's, it's hard to say with Rolex. I, I thought they they were going to be discontinuing the Milgauss for years now, and they still haven't. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. 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 So, um, all right, well, let's get into it. So, so Patrick, uh, uh, for people who don't know, Patrick plays for the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. This is your first year with the Clippers, yeah? First year with the Clippers, yes. Okay, cool. And you were, uh, well, you were drafted in 2010 by the Rockets, and you've played for, uh, what, three or four teams, mostly contenders. Um, let me think here. I think what uh, Oklahoma City and the Raptors as well. Yeah, uh, man, ten years ago—that's amazing. Uh, didn't really think about that. Uh, 2010 <laughs> drafted in Warren, 2020. Man, that's amazing how time flies by like flies. that in one blink of an eye. But yeah, uh, drafted to Houston Rockets back in 2010. Had a short little stint with Sacramento, but after that, it was Toronto for about four or five years. Um, Oklahoma City for two. And then now I'm blessed to be a part of uh, the LA Clippers organization right now. Nice, awesome. awesome. So, uh, so you've been in the league for ten years. Um, so, in terms of watch collecting, when did you did you were you into watches before you got in the league, or is that something that once you got in, you started taking interest? Or it was something once I got into the league, I started taking interest. Uh, you start seeing um, teammates just wearing these extravagant, absurd watches on the wrist. I think back during that time. Uh, a lot of iced out watches I felt like were the trend and a bunch of my teammates had iced out Rolexes, iced out Pateks, iced out APs. Um, occasionally you would see like a nice dress watch, but I think uh, the initial start to my interest in watches began once I started having my career for the Houston Rockets and being around teammates and being around people with you know, of course, money, status, the ability to purchase nice watches, being around that whole environment allowed my interest in watches to develop. Nice. Awesome. So then I guess the next logical question is, what was your first watch? First watch I ever owned um, was I was a kid. I want to say I was about 10, 11, somewhere in that range. Mm. Uh, it was one of those... <laughs> Uh, digital Rugrats watches. I think it was. Oh, there you go. Uh, the Chucky on the dial. Chucky on the dial. Yep, that was my <laughs> very first one I had. I still wish I had that watch. Actually, just cartoon Rugrats. You know, everyone everyone knows Rugrats. You know, it's such right. an, an iconic TV show. And um, that watch I literally wore every day. Uh, wore with all of my outfits. I wore actually to like the the swimming pool as a kid. Um, not sure I actually jumped in the pool with it, but literally wore it everywhere, playing basketball as a kid on the playground, at practice. That was definitely my favorite item that I had as a kid, more so than the video game consoles, more so than the toy action figures. Oh, that's awesome. That watch that I had um, was my pride and joy. So that was the wow. very first watch I ever owned. I'm not sure how I lost it or what happened to it or if someone found it and owns it now. If they do, congratulations. Um, we, we need to get that back for you. Yeah, we need I to get that we'll, back. We're saying we need to find that. So if you if you well, if you got if you, a, if, you, if you have the watch, submit it to Watchbox, and we'll, we'll make sure we get that watch back for you. Somebody, somebody said well, it. I, 
<laughs> I'm on eBay right now, and there's a long list of Rugrats watches. So maybe we can find something oh, for you. Nice. If you can't find the original. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So all right, so you you took it, uh, an interest in wearing watches really early on. Mm -hmm. um, so then I guess okay. So then what was your first like nice Swiss watch? The the nice real purchase watch that I had, um, I would say probably my first year in the league back in 2010 was a Hublot Big Bang. Uh, I think it was oh. the all red black ceramic version. Uh, that was the first watch that I ever purchased. And then after that, I think was a year later, I purchased a uh, Rolex Datejust uh, yellow gold. Um, this one was, uh, I had to join in with the fad and my teammates and had to have something a little iced out. So it had the, sure. uh, the baguettes on the dial. Um, it had wow. diamonds on the crown. So I had to have something iced out. I felt like I couldn't be the only one not having something iced out. So those are the first two watches that I own. Uh, my first couple years in the league, wore those watches every single day. Uh, felt like I probably wore them with the wrong outfits because I didn't necessarily know what to wear them <laughs> with. You know, wearing shorts and a t-shirt with some sandals to the grocery store with an iced out Rolex watch or, you know, a <laughs> suit with whatever it may be. I just, I, I felt like I wasn't wearing it the right way, but Back then, uh, I was just happy to own something very valuable, uh, priceless, yeah. uh, something with a lot of meaning and uh, umph behind it. Uh, people looked, they saw it, they were amazed, they'd ask questions. So I felt good. You know, I felt like it was another step in the right direction of making it to the NBA. You know, you get drafted, yeah. you see all these teammates, all these athletes and players that you look up to idolize, have posters on the wall, maybe get the occasional autograph if you're lucky. But then right. the next level is you buy something for yourself outside of your family. You know, everyone, of course, buys your mom, your parents, you take care of those you love, but you have to treat yourself with something. So that was uh, the real things, first things, the real first things that I was able to treat myself with was those two watches. Nice. That's awesome. That's yeah, it's fantastic. So, uh, so is that is that something that you think is common in the league? Like, uh, you know, obviously, I like if uh, you know, as soon as I think John and I are probably in the same the same book a bucket. Like, you know, as soon as you start making some money, you probably put your put buy a nice car, and the next thing you look at is watches, right? Is that yeah. is that kind of how it goes in the league? Yeah, that's basically how it goes in the league. Of course, you know, shoes, yeah. clothes, um, all those okay. all those things. But I think cars. Uh, houses and then watches is is right up there. Uh, I think with the league these past few years, uh, you've seen guys step away from, of course, like the the iced out baguettes, the the diamonds, yeah, sure. um, the the real shiny, you know, watches, and yeah. you've seen the more trend of guys looking at dress watches. Um, I've seen guys where. Uh, what is it? The the Calatrava. I've seen guys yeah. wear um, Alangas. I've seen guys um, not, of course, still go towards the sports models, the sports watches. Uh, I think that's the number one thing that athletes in general that we buy when it comes to watches are the, are the sports watches. But right. I've seen a lot more guys, you know, wear dress watches um, and uh, rock those with their outfits, and it's it's a cool thing to see because guys are. Getting away from, you know, back in like the 2010s, 2015s, where everyone's wearing these big, crazy watches for um, people to see. And now you see people buying watches for, for themselves, not necessarily for other people and some type of recognition. Great. A little bit more uh, like, uh, you know, understanding what they're buying. I've seen, well, so I have a story of a, a guy who used to play in the NFL. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna put, say his name, but he bought a an iced out Breitling in the early 2000s, mm -hmm. um, like, and it was it was as bad as it gets. I think it was a Breitling um, Bentley Flying B. If you're familiar, mm -hmm. you know what that is. Yeah. So yeah, so it's like the big square version. They discontinued the watch. It's it's probably the the least um, the least saleable watch that you can buy right now. Like in fact, like I know dealers who literally just went by. So he had one fully iced out. He sent me over, he, he said he needed to sell it because he needed money. Um, and he sent me over the, the original receipt that he had. And I think he paid $80,000 for the watch. Uh, full um, factory diamonds too, which, you know, maybe we'll get into that in a second, the difference between factory and aftermarket diamonds. But, um, and I think at that time, 
uh, we didn't really want the watch, but he just said, he's like, can you just make me an offer? I think we were offering right around like ten or $12,000 for the watch. And we didn't even feel good about it at that point because we didn't know mm-hmm. how long it would take to sell or how much we can get for it. But right. you can see like those kind of watches, thankfully, are, are kind of out of vogue. And like every once in a while, you'll see like a like Mayweather with some crazy, you know, uh, factory diamond paddock or something like that. But besides that, it seems like the af- days of the aftermarket diamonds just covering watches Agree. tend to be uh, kind of, those days are numbered, it seems, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, with that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think the market, like, it just, I, I mean, I remember in 2010, look, the watch industry was also, like, heavily pushing men's diamond watches. I mean, I'm in Cleveland, and we had a store, we had a case full of Diamond Frank Mueller's. Like, that's all Ooh. That's all that they they were promoting, really, and, and they were selling. So, you know, these, these things like case sizes and diamonds, they go in and out of fashion. They don't, it doesn't necessarily translate long term to people buying and so what i loved about watching like um, nba players and athletes and and you know other celebrities but particularly in the nba is i i think that the way that they push uh, athletes are sort of their own ambassadors for fashion and things like that um because of all the sports the players i think are the most marketable i mean it makes complete sense you get to see them you see their faces they're they they really um carry themselves and carry the league and by doing that like bringing interest to things that will inspire other people like i it's almost it's it's funny we get the chance to talk to you about it but even maybe from your position you see some of this but maybe not because we get to see it uh, on our side is that that influence you know people then realize like you know he's he's looking at uh you know pat likes longas or he likes a jorn or he likes a, a watch that otherwise may not get attraction it brings eyeballs to these these people uh these watchmakers and brands that you know before in 2010 2012 it was you know the frank mueller's and the the brightlings and stuff like that where they got all they literally got all the buzz at the time so it's really interesting seeing how the the markets change and how people are like josh said shopping for themselves or like you said pat like shopping for yourself and and owning something that you really like and enjoy and not having necessarily to show uh, show off. I, I think that's so smart. And just, just collecting anything. And we, we're all about like people making sure they get what they want and not necessarily chasing trends and chasing watches that are out there because the market's super strong on them or, or whatever. Yeah. It's like if you don't if you don't like the watch then you know pass on it what's what's the what's the difference if you're not going to wear it, if it's going to stay in a safe somewhere i mean some people collect like that that's cool but i think it's really smart to just make sure you're finding and buying what you what you love and i i, I honestly i think that's so it's so good for people to know that like that's still or that's really happening even you know with athletes and, and people that have a you know a camera in front of them all the time that's really it's a I think it's smart fashion smart smart way to handle your business Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so Pat, uh, you mentioned I think two of the watches that you purchased, um, and you mentioned that you have a, you know the watch that you're wearing right now. So, if you don't mind giving us a rundown of the state of the collection, uh, you know how many watches do you own? What do you have in the collection? And and is there like a uh, a mentality going into buying watches, or right now you're just buying kind of what you like? So right now I have six in my collection. Uh, I stated the Batman, okay. and before the AP Royal Oak, um, I have a Hulk. Mm-hmm. As well, um, a day date forty nice. yellow gold with a silver dial, um, a longo, a longo one white white gold with the black dial. That was actually my wedding watch that I, that I wore when I got married back yeah. in, back in August. So took crazy amount of pictures in that watch, and I, I showed it all to my friends and family. And they're like, "Ooh, what watch is that? Ooh, that's a nice watch." Um, so it's that was an amazing time, and then. Um, one that's been on my radar forever it's, it was one of my grail watches i was definitely thankful and lucky enough to get i got a, a longer datagraph rose gold with a black dial so that one nice one of my ultimate favorite watches uh, i love the dial i love just just staring at it um a little hesitant to wear it just because i i prefer like to look at it in the watch box and just <laughs> and just stare at it rather than it being on my wrist but it's it's a beautiful watch to look at. I'm very proud, very happy that I was able to uh, to find that one and, and make it part of my collection. That's amazing. Was that the 41 or the 39 that, millimeter? The, the 41. 
Ah, oh, nice, yeah. big boy. So oh, that's one thing I wanted to ask you. What, do you know roughly what size your wrist is? That I do not. Believe it or not, I've never measured my wrist before. I've never <laughs> measured my wrist. All right. Do you, do you so, take? Did you take any links out of your Rolex? Yeah, I took. Uh, I think it was two or three links. Oh, okay. Out of my so, Rolex. so, so you're like a you're like a normal like seven inch wrist or something like that. So m most watches fit you. You don't have to get like crazy extra links or anything like that. Correct. Most most watches yeah. fit. I don't have a, a crazy large wrist, even though I am like six nine a bigger person. Yeah. But my wrist isn't like. Like Shaquille O'Neal's wrist, or you know, <laughs> I, I lift, I lift so much, my my wrist get the size of like the Rock or anything like that. Like I right, don't have right. that big of wrist, but I would say I have larger than a average human being's wrist. Yeah, sure, that's fair enough. Right. So probably like a seven and a half, seven three quarters mm -hmm. sounds like all right, cool. So so most watches, normal normal watches are gonna fit you. That's funny. So I we we did one of these podcasts with a with a guy who plays for the Chiefs, mm -hmm. and um, he has like a nine and a half inch oh, wrist. Wow which is, it's, I mean, it's basically a leg, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> it's terrifying, yeah. really. You know, if he wasn't such a nice guy, I probably wouldn't come within arm's reach of him because I just imagine what the hell you could do to me with a <laughs> bone structure like that. It's, it's terrifying, but all right, cool. So the, uh, so your grail watch is basically, it's been achieved then. One of them has been achieved. I, there we I go. still got, I still got one more ah. on the list. I still got one more on the list, but right. I, I was able to Are you to keeping that, that close to the vest or are you, you going to let us know about that one? I'll let y'all know about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of course. So the the other one would be um, the Patek Philippe Perpetual Calendar Chrono Reference 5270P. 5270? Yeah. There we okay. go. Uh, the Salmon Dial, I believe. Yeah. Which dial? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So that that's, nice. yeah, that one, if, if I can get that one, then then I'm complete. But that one will probably be okay. a few years down the road from now. Um, but that one is sure. the other Grail watch that I would love to achieve and own down the road i love it wow all right so so you i mean it looks like you're you really in, like understand and and uh really enjoy like the watchmaking part of it as opposed to like the jewelry part of uh of the watches right yeah yeah so i see it more of of course as like a watch something to you know of course hand down to you know my kids down the road but something I enjoy looking at, something I enjoy wearing for myself rather than, you know, something that it's a trend or everyone is leaning towards or everyone loves or something I can show boat and show off. Uh, these watches, I like, I, I'm more of a dress. I love dress watches. Um, like, of course, I have mm -hmm. to own, I love sports watches as well, but if I had to choose between either or, uh, definitely the dress watch. Uh, I love the leather strap on my wrist. I love the the mechanics of it, I love what goes into a dress watch. And I feel like, like I said, like in the NBA, like more guys are starting to buy watches for themselves. Like I said, more guys are buying Calatravas, Cellini's, uh, Alangas, FP Drawers. Right. Like they're buying more dress watches. And of course they have sports watches in their collection, but they're, they're starting to broaden the horizon, open up their mind and, and try new things. That's awesome. And wh why do you think that is? Um, I just think this is the trend, like lifestyle, um, we dress up so much, uh, especially for games, a uh, wide variety of outfits that you see NBA players wear. Um, but all in all, it's more of a business casual type of feel, you know, some type of slacks with a unique type of shirt and pants. Um, ultimately, business casual and guys are just starting to see that you know, a leather watch might look better on the wrist with your outfit than um, a Jubilee bracelet or a yellow gold um, Oyster Flex bracelet or whatever it may be that you have. Um, they're starting to, to see that they can change their outfits. They're starting to see that they can um, pretty much change their whole look with just a simple, simple dress watch. And right. uh, guys are just just eyeing that I see a lot more now like teammates on my team you know we have of course the Rolexes and the APs and the Pateks but more guys are starting to show interest in the FPs and the Longas you know really? and they've been asking me questions and they've been going to you know uh their people who help them out with watches and and trying to right. add something new to their collection that can you know amplify their style per se so so that's a good follow-up actually so i wanted to ask you you know do you have like so you know i i 
when I got into the industry, uh, I think I've said it on before, my buddy CQ, who works for us now, he was like one of my early influences in the watch world and was helped me like understand what's what. Uh, do you have guys in the league that you would consider like, you know, an influence in terms of, you know, whenever you think about a new watch, you, you ask this guy, hey, you know, this is, I'm thinking about this one. What are your thoughts on that? Do you have somebody like uh, that? Not necessarily in the league. Uh, one of my good friends, uh, he lives in Houston. Um, he's probably one of the people who got me interested in watches. And anytime uh, I'm interested in a watch, anytime I'm looking at a watch or thinking about a watch, he's always the first person that I reach out to and have mm. conversations with. And, try to get his feedback and thoughts um and we're just constantly talking about watches in, in, our, in our group chats but no one per se in the nice. league uh i would ask for uh their input or their thoughts or maybe even their help when it comes to watches okay. um but just i have like one or two friends that i've known for time who who love watches who have a, a huge passion for watches when it comes mm. to things uh, i'm interested in they're the ones that i reach out to that's great. Do you, do people come to you? I mean, listen, I mean, if I was in the league and I'm listening to this podcast, I might be coming to you for advice. <laughs> uh, do, does anybody, does anybody come to you or, or ask you about watches? Because look, I, and, and all like transparency, like you've hit, uh, we've mm. communicated quite a bit over last year or so on, on Instagram, mm. I think with Josh as well. And like you, when you came uh, and asked about questions, like you, you really ask great questions that, um, for, I mean, we don't, even the biggest collectors I have don't even ask. I mean, we really you put a lot of thought into what you're looking for, um, and I, I think that you you know what you like and what you've been talking about is great. So, I, do, do anybody ever come to you asking about watches? Yeah, I've had a couple of teammates uh, come up to me about watches. Um, one recently just bought a yellow gold Sky Dweller with a black dial, and now he's um, he's on the fence between a uh, Rolex Sea Dweller and also um, an AP Royal Oak of 41 millimeter uh, black dial, I think. Is he the black or white dial? I'm not sure. So he's trying to decide which one he wants and he's mm. constantly like asking me questions or talking to me about um, which ones I prefer I like more, which one he thinks will look better on his wrist or how he would wear that watch each and every day with his outfits and how it would uh, coordinate with his lifestyle. So I've had, we'll say two teammates um, this year ask me about watches and my thoughts and the thought process I went through in order to purchase the watches that I own and um, anything I'm interested in in order to help them, you know, add to their collection. I think that's awesome. Well, so what's your what's your input there? Yeah. What do you what do you pick? And the, the 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 AP or the Rolex? I told him AP. Um, Okay. Like uh, he, the first watch he ever bought, like was the Sea Dweller. No, I'm sorry, the the, the Sky Dweller, the yellow gold black dial was the first watch he ever bought. Which is it's great for him. It's a huge purchase for your first watch, and he literally right. wears it every day. Right. He wears it with every outfit that he wears to and from <laughs> the gym and and the arena. No matter what the outfit is, like he wears it. He loves that watch with a passion. So uh, I love APs. Um, yeah. I love the the AP that I have. No, no disrespect or not to talk badly about the Deceit Dweller. That, that's a nice watch. But I just think the the AP itself is so iconic, so revolutionary. It, it paved the way um, in the watch industry. And people still love it as much as they did back then as today, right. if not even more. So I just feel like when it comes to a watch to have forever, like for me, it would be the, the AP Royal Oak. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. You. You're selling. Yeah. You're selling. <laughs> Look, so is this? Are we looking behind the curtain at your at your next career after after you're done with the league? And well, you know, you never know. Any, anything's possible in this world these days. That's right. Hey, listen. We can. That, that's great. Uh, Patterson and Thanos watches. We can. We can start something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy yes. to do it. We can get Callahan involved. Also, we can sell some. Some Grubel forces. That's his. That's his. Uh, right. I feel like every time I think of Callahan, I think of Grubel. That, that's what's. Well, look, man. You know. You know. I have my tendencies. To, Pat, I, I think that's that's great. Like, look. Um, I. You know. I. I think helping teammates just navigate this stuff. It, it's. It's also because I. I can already tell. Like, you're at a level of collecting and understanding the market and stuff like that. That it makes uh, a lot of sense. Um, and you do your homework. You're obviously very active in like our 
and the stuff that we do at Watchbox, and uh, you know, you got your your little watch, uh, you got your watch collection uh, put together. Um, and I th- I think that you know, having somebody, I, I mean this honestly, like somebody that can legitimately give other people advice, like quality advice about buying watches, is is no small feat because look, they're expensive. It's it's a lot of money to tie up and. And yes. not just not just like having the ability to go, yeah, look, these are your options. This is what I think the benefit is of owning this watch. I, I also feel like it, it provides, you know, guys a, a trustworthy source in the league and elsewhere to, to come. And hopefully you get more and more people in like interested in watches because I think that's huge. And, you know, J.J. Reddick was influential early on with Hodinkee and they – he did the videos and talked about his collection. I think that opened a lot of doors for people um, to, to sort of like just talk about watches and, and not make it about the, the fashion so much. I, I think that's really cool that you, uh, you know, are, are helping out teammates and, and other players in the league that if, if they were, if they wanted to, to come to you and ask you about, you know, what, what you would consider, what you think would be a good choice. That's basically what mm-hmm. our job is. Yeah. Like, yeah. believe it or not. That... Yeah, well, if you if you talk about watches, it makes That's our right. job easier. If there's more people who are <laughs> interested, yeah, we, so we appreciate it. Like, that that video that uh, JJ did, and even the one with um, Andre Iguodala, like, those two videos actually, yeah, right, actually helped me, like, be like, okay, it's, it's okay to step away from what's normal purchases right. for athletes or what athletes should be purchasing, which, of course, right. is the extravagant, uh, sports models or the the diamond baguettes iced out watches yeah. like it's okay to step away from that and buy a watch that whether or not you know the history or mechanics behind it if you genuinely like the way it looks and it's not those it's okay to purchase and it's okay um, that you like it and other people might not like it but as long as you love it you have a passion for it you enjoy um, having it and owning it that that's all that matters. So I would say those two that's videos right. actually helped me out a great deal when it came cool. to accepting that I don't need to worry about what, you know, athletes in general should be wearing on their wrist. Is there pressure? Like, uh, or did you feel that pressure that like, Hey, I need to be wearing some, you know, uh, iced out something or, you know, early on. Yeah. Uh, early on when I, when I first started off, um, cause that's, pretty much what all athletes was wearing were those type of watches. Um, so I felt the need to, to join in, you know, Hublots were one of the main watches that everyone would, um, go towards back yeah. when I first entered to the league. And I felt like I had to join in on that fad because I am an athlete. I am in the NBA. I am seen in the public eye. I do go out in the public. And one of the first things people look at is what's on your wrist or what's around your neck. So I felt like right. I had to be a part of that. Um, and then, then throughout the years, um, and with the help of friends and family and other people who are in the watch world, just realizing it doesn't have to be about that. It's more so about yourself. So I would say back then, like, yeah, maybe even so a, a little bit today, but not as much as it was back then. Cause you see guys, um, buying watches for themselves now, but yeah, when I first came into the league, um, I tried to needless to say fit in into that, into that stereotype, into that category of having something flashy on my wrist. Yeah. Well, I would say that I think that I don't know if that's even specific to the NBA. I think with when watch collecting, especially when you're buying expensive mm-hmm. watches, is like so. I look at it two different ways, or, or or there's two different reasons to buy a watch, or and they can actually be combined, right? So it's going to be self-expression, right? So it's going to be something that's a reference representation sure. of yourself, but also it's a celebration of success, right? Those are the two reasons why you might spend ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand on a watch. I mean, it's number one, it's because you can. And number two, it's because you like it, right? So I think a lot of us get, you know, in the trap, especially when you're first doing it, is all right. I got to buy something that's going to show people that hey, I can I can buy yeah. this, right? And then once you have three, four watches, you realize, and people now you feel comfortable with yourself, and people know that you know you 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 feel comfortable with say the amount of money you're making or the amount of success you have. Then at that point, you're not trying to impress anyone else. Now it's just buying for yourself. So it sounds like you've already. You know, early on, you got to the point where you're just buying things for yourself, which is that's a little hump you have to get over. I feel like every collector okay, goes through okay. that. Yeah. 
It's actually I'm looking at Iguodala's collection here on on Hodiki, man. He's got some really yeah. cool watches. He's got a Panerai too, so I love that yeah. obviously. But uh, yeah, this is he's got some really cool stuff here. Um, so oh, uh, question for you. So I know you're 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 a movie buff, right? I think that's pretty clear out oh, there, yeah. right? So uh, here's cheesy cheesy movie buff question. So is there is there a movie related watch that you like? A movie related watch that I like. Yeah. Well, um, so the first one that everyone always thinks of is like the Bond. Yeah, of course. Watch, right? like so either the Rolex or the Omega. Omega. The Omega watches. Yeah. Right. So I did own. Um, uh, I did own an Omega watch. I'm trying to remember which one it was off the top of my head. It was a while back. So I'll probably say since that was the watch that I did buy, that I guess that one would sure. have to be my favorite. Um, mm. okay. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Uh, Omega C. It was the Spectre. Omega C. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Spectre so was bro, that I had watch. That one. People were killing each other yep. for that watch when it first came out. It was trading for fifteen thousand dollars just for a lolly, for a, for a slight variation in the bezel and a lollipop uh, seconds hand. People losing their minds right. on that watch. Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to, to own yeah. that one. So I guess that would say I would say that would be my favorite movie-related watch because uh, that's the only one that I really owned. And yeah, sure. uh, with the with the NATO strap on it, I enjoyed wearing that one as well. Traded that one in a long time ago, but I did I did own that one. Okay, so you do you trade your watches in? That's another question we have. Yeah, uh, so I've owned a few watches. Um, I've owned a, like an, an offshore. I traded in my, my Hublot and uh, the Datejust that I you know had a long time ago uh, towards the AP Royal Oak that I have now. Um, so I've, I've done a little bit of trading, uh, not too much, maybe like three or four watches total in order for to, to get the AP that I have now. And then... Um, Got the other one I had. I've, I've had a couple watches, but the one watch that I still own from trading previous watches would be the, the AP Royal Oak that I have now. Okay, good. Now, how's what's that experience like for you? Because not you know not everybody trades or even realizes that you can trade watches. Obviously, John and I are. This is our entire world mm -hmm. is basically trading watches. I think at least half of the sales that I make are people yeah. trading in watches, but not everybody realizes that's a, that's. That's even an yeah, uh, the, the first time I did it was eye opening. Um, just thinking that, you know, your watch is worth and how much that you should be getting for it and then how much that can go towards the watch that you do want now. Um, so the, the first experience that I had for me was eye opening. I'm thinking uh, my watch, I'm like, OK, I have these two watches, this one watch I can get for like seventy five hundred. This other watch I should be able to get for like twelve thousand dollars and then that leaves like five to six thousand dollars for um the amount of money left over that i have to you know spend towards the ultimate watch that i want so i'm like all right cool so i contact my friend in houston um and he puts me in touch with someone and then i'm talking to that individual i'm like i have these two watches i want this watch uh here's how much these watches are worth and here's how much would be left over in order to get this watch that you're selling and the individual's like no like your watches aren't, aren't worth that much. Like you may think they are, but they're actually worth this. And I was like, wait, are you serious? He goes like, yeah, try again. Contacted, uh, contacted two more people just, just to double check. And they all said the same thing. So I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking my watches are worth this, but oh, ultimately it's like the, they're worth this according to the people that you're trying to get the watch from. So that was, that, that was my right. first experience with it. It was a little eye opening. Um, but since then, um, haven't really traded my watches. I love the watches that I have now. I feel like the six that I have in my collection now will probably be in my collection forever until I hand them over to uh, my children in the future. Nice. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people go through that as well. Uh, well, and it sounds like well, it, what you were trading, what a two-tone Datejust and an mm -hmm. Hublot. So, you know, watches that, uh, sp specifically Hublot as well, watches that, you know, there's a, more of a speculative nature on, on it on a Hublot piece than there would be say on like a stainless steel sport right. Rolex. So yeah, I can, I've, I've been in that situation on the other side, like, you know, trying to be certainly, uh, hopefully you're paraphrasing. Hopefully the question, it really wasn't, Hey, just yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Like I'm just saying that that's okay, how I felt good, on good, the inside, good. but he, he was a lot nicer with his word choice. 
<laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah, because yeah, that's one thing that we have to, you know, whenever John and I are speaking to a new customer specifically, somebody we want to earn their business from and have to, in a very delicate manner, explain, hey, listen, you know, I appreciate you, you know, you did your research, you know what this is, you feel like you know what these are worth, but unfortunately the industry doesn't really pay that much for this watch. This is right. really what it yeah. is. And then there's always that, you know, there's always a few seconds of like, is this guy going to hang up on me? Does he not believe me? Whatever it may be, man, it's, it's a tough situation yeah. for sure. All right. Cool, man. So um, let's see here. We got a list of questions. Let's see. Um, all right. So yeah, the movie related. Yeah, that was kind of a flop. Anyways, I didn't really. I, oh, that that was really just a segue to introduce you to uh, Romain Jerome. They made a Pokemon watch, which is the worst thing that anyone's <laughs> ever made. <before. laughs> if you have a chance, here I'm gonna text this in our group text right now, so you can see it later and you can vomit all over it. But uh, it's uh, <laughs> they made a hundred thousand dollar. Pokemon wow. Turbine. 100 grand? 100 grand. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think anyone ever paid 100. If they no, did, I no, feel no, really no. sorry. Because you talk about a trade-in yes. on that. Oh, my Lord. Uh, um, R.I.P. Uh, Romain Jerome. I just said, but it's funny looking. Yeah, it's funny looking. Well, Romain yeah. Jerome is out of business for a reason, you know? Right. Oh, but, wow. Um, oh, here's mm. a question for you. So <laughs> I just, I <laughs> just pulled it up. <laughs> they made... <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool. Listen, for maybe for like twenty five hundred bucks, yeah. I might buy it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you. Well, you, we're all about the same age. I was, uh, you know, I'm not ashamed to say I was a Pokemon fan growing up. I traded Pokemon cards and made it my living for, yeah, throughout that, middle school. I feel like so, we all were. Um, I I, I yeah. set out the Pokemon. So they have a. I, I set that one out. I don't know why. I <laughs> set that yeah. one out. Oh really? I set that one out. <laughs> okay. You don't get no, the judge. No, look, no, no judging. Yeah, look, my son, my son is six and he li he likes Pokemon. I have a brother who's. 11 years younger than I am and he was an, it was like hit like that was Pokemon like at its peak and so like they they click really? I'm like don't ask me I don't know anything about this <laughs> oh man well they make a, a, a Pikachu watch also which is far less expensive that you know listen, if I could track one down if I'll spend my limit to 2500 bucks on a, on a watch that I'll probably never ever wear <laughs> so if I could track it down but yeah that's uh, that's as funny as it gets but um, so okay so here you go so is there a watch that you've bought or that you are thinking about buying that you would feel maybe it's like embarrassing like new, <laughs> like one of these is there anything Everybody that you see one. out there you're like oh man I'd buy that but I could never wear it yeah. oh uh, I wouldn't say embarrassing um, like maybe one that's like different although it is it, it's a good looking watch I just don't know how it would look on my wrist but uh, it's it's not ugly. It's, it's not weird. It's the the Octo Finissimo. I oh, just don't know how. I don't. Awesome. Yeah, I just don't know how it would look on my wrist. Uh, it would look amazing. It would look amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's an easy yeah. answer. That that watch looks. That watch would look amazing. I need I need to try it on, but it fits I everybody. Need to try it on. Oh yeah. Cause, well, maybe if we have one in stock, yeah, you, you can send, send one to the house. I could try it on, see how it looks. I'll send it right back. I we have a you. We no, have the all black listen. one. No, we don't no, want you to send it right oh, okay. now. We want you to keep it. <laughs> we, we actually... Not, Just send money instead. At, at the time of this recording, we actually have the... the there's a black dial. The black uh, all the black titanium on the bracelet. It was uh, mm -hmm. it was in the process. The, look, those watches... The Octofinissimo is one of the best like non-major brand watch releases probably in the last 10 years. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, if it's not one of the major you know, top three brands, five brands people talk about... I, they absolutely hit a home run with that watch. Oh, it brought their brand back. Nobody was talking about Bulgari watches that wa before that. And, no. and like yeah. legitimately, like that watch, I don't know anybody in our office that doesn't like the watch. I don't know a customer that at least hasn't been like, a serious customer has been like, hey, what's what's going on with this watch? They they And all of them look good. Like, I don't know that there's one, maybe the all black one on the black bracelet. Those, those can get a little, because I don't know, does it scratch? It might. But otherwise, I think that the watch is awesome. It's is ceramic. ceramic. I thought it was anodized titanium, but maybe it is ceramic. No, so that yeah. won't scratch. That's well. The the guy, my, the first person I know who put his money where his mouth was was my our, yeah. our buddy Jason Maine. He he bought he bought uh, the uh, the gray titanium mm -hmm. with the blue accents. He bought that watch and it's awesome. yeah. I mean, I, I was making fun of him for buying it, but only because <laughs> I was honestly sure. like, I, that watch is fit. Yeah. The watch is awesome, uh, and I mean, and, and if you look at the the amount of engineering that goes into making uh, a watch that is both sporty ultra, and ultra yeah, thin man. like this, 
and then and you see what it's trading for. So like, so the one you're talking about, uh, uh, John, is we have it listed on our website, pre-owned for yeah. ten nine fifty, right? It's and I mean, so think about uh, what other steel sport watch or a titanium sport watch is going to be trading. Like I always like to compare things to like a, a fifty seven eleven. First of all, it's a far yes. better watch than fifty seven eleven. All, all respect due to Paddock. The the Finissimo. Uh, from an engineering standpoint and from a wearability standpoint, it's a much better watch than that. And you can buy, you can literally buy 10 of these yeah. watches, or sorry, five of these watches for the same price that you're going to spend on a, on a 5711. Yeah. So, I mean, there's tremendous value there. So I'd say that it's, uh, and what I'll do is actually, I'm going to take this, put this on hold for you. I'll send you this watch. If you if you like it and you want a different color. Then you we'll should try it on them for you, sure. We'll okay. get it on your okay. wrist. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. So, so the, I, the one thing you know what's interesting right. when they came in bulgari came to the office once it was like it they had just released it at basel world whatever year that was i don't mm -hmm. know 2017 well we had the new building so it would have been like 2017 and bulgari yeah, came in and i they they i got called over to them and it was like all the people from the u.s the head of the division and they were like you know what did you think the watch i was like this watch is awesome you guys did a great job and they're like what could we have done better and this happens all the time. The only thing that they could have done better was just release the watch sooner. And the problem that the, the companies mm -hmm. have, like if you follow like Basel World or what used to be Basel World and, and the watch shows, like they'll release these watches and then they don't show up for three months. They don't hit the showcases. And then at the same time, like AP or uh, uh, you know Rolex is releasing uh, the Pepsi the same year, and it's like you can't let you can't let it sit. Once you got yeah. that, like if it's hot, and somebody has to choose uh, spend you know ten thousand dollars on a watch, they're probably going to go with that Rolex. But I, I thought, like I said, I think that's the best watch that has come out from one of the like non-prime brands in some time. It's definitely worth the try on. Okay. Okay. Let's let's do it. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. Yeah. I'll send it. We'll send it out. I'll have it out tomorrow. But uh, it's it, see, there's something to be said about watch uh watchmakers or watch brands that that are known for making like ladies jewelry or jewelry stuff and they make a really great man's watch so the bulgari octafinissimo looks sex so there's yep. the next one the cartier santos mm -hmm. which i own it which is unbelievably fantastic i love that watch i say that belongs in every single collection I now agree. they have different dial colors too um that watch is amazing uh, uh harry winston makes some ridiculous watches that are yeah. unbelievably fantastic. Um, also, Chopard, Chopard yeah. LUC. Mm -hmm. Like you can get some handmade movements that are on level on the level Longa. of Paddock and yeah. um, and Longa for terms of pre-owned. Like it's it, it, it's almost like laughable what you're, the amount of money you're yeah. spending on these watches. So cheap. Um, yeah. So I mean, those. Yeah. yeah. There's there's plenty of those watches out there, and and if you're if people if you're looking for like a watch that is you know off the beaten path, that's a tremendous value. And is just like you know the, a high horology piece. Like that's I look towards brands that are known for you know not known for making um, watches and more about you know uh, jewelry or fashion because they get so undervalued right. in the market. Pat, do you? Uh, I'm curious about Cartier and what like athletes and and people sort of in your circle think about the brand. Um, I remember LeBron posted on his Instagram once. It was just like it was like just a story, but it was a, he was wearing a gold Santos. And I was like, Cartier could blow up. Like, if people like really wanted this brand, if they got into it, like Cartier's got the name, it's got the, it's it's just as popular as AP in the world. In fact, it's way more popular overseas than it is here in the states. But like, it just takes it being on the right wrist, and all of a sudden, Cartier could be the next AP. It could be, and and they're priced well. I, I'm curious, like, what if there is any buzz with Cartier, uh, sort of at your level up there. Um, I would say there's, there's a little buzz. Um, I recall, I'm not sure when, but not too long ago, I think, uh, Steph Curry for the Golden State Warriors, he mm -hmm. wore, um, I think it was, a, was it like a skeleton dial or something like that? Oh yeah. Uh, Cartier yeah. watch during yeah. the game. Um, yeah. I've seen other players, uh, owning Cartier watches. It's not something we, we talk about. I think the main things that athletes talk about when it comes to watches, of course, are like the Rolex, AP, Spatex. Yeah. Um, those are the main brands we talk about, but right. occasionally you see like an athlete wear uh, a Cartier Santos or um, even a Cartier tank or whatever it may be. Like you see them wearing something yeah. that's different and people talk about it. People take notice. 
Um, and just like we talked about earlier, like uh, you see an athlete wear a certain watch that's not of the norm and that opens up conversations and allows people who are thinking about purchasing this watch, but someone else might be convincing them to purchase this watch because it's it's what's it, it's what's hip, it's what's right. in, it's what's popular. And But then you see a Steph Curry wearing the, this Cartier watch and it looks amazing on his wrist. Uh, the watch itself is beautiful and yeah. that starts conversations for other people to, um, to go in that direction of buying something that's different, something that's unique and something that uh, might not let people be, be, be talking about or are interested interested in um, at the yeah. end of the day, but it, that was a beautiful watch that that he wore. Um, that, that 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 was uh, a very um, beautiful watch he had on. Yeah, I, I just think that they do like the right. To me, I look at it, and Josh, you could probably confirm. Like one thing about Cartier, it's got this name. It's it's such a huge luxury name, and it bar- basically carries the Richemont, the whole company, um, mm-hmm. and and like, but their prices for their watches are super reasonable. Like they, yeah. it's not, it's not yeah. out of control pricing. Like ladies pieces are started $2,500, but it's still a Cartier and it's hard for, an, I don't know of another like name brand like that, where it's the prices are real reasonable, but there's such a, a name and a, a prestige behind it. So I was always curious about that. And, and that's interesting to know, like you see it here and there. And when you do see it, it's, it's like kind of interesting pieces. That's, that's cool to know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just in like in complete transparency, I am not like Cartier Homer. In fact, I, I used to like basically look. Are you now? I, so I, I wasn't until they released the yeah. Santos. Oh yeah. Until the Santos came back, and the, especially the blue dial, I was like, eh, Cartier. I'm not, you know, I'm not really with it. But um, the more I look at them, I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is this is all right. I can I can rock with this a little bit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, no, I'm I'm what people would call a contrarian. If I feel like for whatever reason, if something's mainstream, I gotta look the other way, look for something else. So, I mean, I was talking about Cartier, you know, eight years ago, and when they came out with this with the new Santos, I, I was I bought that within like three months of the release, <laughs> and that'll never leave my uh, my collection. I love that watch. I don't know what it is about that watch. The only thing I would ask if it was a little bit better is if I could use it as a wet watch. It'd be great. Yeah, I wouldn't, it's, I wouldn't it's not really water resistant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's tough. But I mean, well, they just, so it's funny. My wife has a Cartier and I just bought my mom one too. She just bought, I, I just got her a, a Pasha, uh, which is also, that Pasha is uh, a, certainly a wet watch. You could wear that in the water. Not not the, uh, uh, my wife has a Ballon Blue, but I recommend anybody buying a, a first watch for their, uh, for their wife or girlfriend. Cartier yep. always works every time yep. and it's always affordable. Um, but but yeah, I mean, like I I wear my Cartier with uh, with pride. I think it's I think it's super. They're they're super undervalued. People like to to trash them. Guys like my buddy Mike Manjos <laughs> is a uh, is a hater on Cartier, man. And I'm just like, listen, if there's haters for something, I feel like that's more of a reason to like it. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, that's cool. I'm good, glad glad to know that. All yeah. Right. So. So we're getting close to the end here. So there, here's a question for you um, that I wanted to ask because it, it, it's it's a basically a two part question. But number one, what's your what's your thought on thoughts on Richard Mill? Thoughts on Patrick? Richard Mill? Ooh, yes, sir. It is it is a nice watch, um, but for me personally, I wouldn't spend like a down payment on a house or something on my wrist. There you go. Um, it's <laughs> absurdly expensive in my opinion. Um, Comparing it to, you know, of course, like the, the other watches, the, the we just spoke about, the, for instance, my, my grail watch, the, the yeah, um, yeah. yep, like the, uh, well, I'm, I'm blanking out the right 50, now, I'm sorry, the, the, yeah, the 5270 yeah. P, yeah. which is basically a hundred ninety thousand dollar like watch, right? Yeah, so it's, it's in, in the same, same price, price range. range, but I feel like more goes into that protect than goes into, of course, the uh, the certain Richard Mill watch, but I don't want to shame that watch it's it's a great watch people i assume yep. love that watch because they buy those watches but for me personally it's a watch I, I would not buy i would definitely buy something that you know would would mean more to me than than that sure okay cool so okay i like that uh, i think that was a very reasonable response so um the reason why i asked you that is because you know i've been saying this for a while that there's a lot of brands that should be basically in place of, of Richard Mill make make like sport watches. So Richard Mill is just the most yeah. high end sport watch you can buy. 
right? That's that's basically what it is. And they did a great job with marketing. And their watches do have merit in terms of uh, the engineering. But you know, Richard Mill himself is a marketer. He's right. not he's not a watchmaker. He doesn't he doesn't really have input in, on on the movements or even really the designs, it's more about, you know, he markets these watches and he leaves it to his, to his R&D team to create these watches. And, and yeah, they're as hot as they can get. And we, we were waiting five years ago, we thought it was gonna, you know, they would be the next Hublot where, you know, the bubble would pop or whatever. It doesn't seem like that's the case. So there's watches, and, and Patrick, you tell me if you've seen it. Have you seen the new um, uh, uh, sport line from uh, FP? I have not seen that yet, no. So I, I, I tell you to take a look at those watches because um, I believe that the next, like, uh, how do I put it? So the next hype watches that are going to come out are actually going to be coming out from brands that have merit too. Mm-hmm. So I can see that watch taking place uh, on the wrist of, of you know, uh, yeah. of athletes, of entertainers, people who are, you know, who are, who are buying these types of hype watches, but they're going to be buying them from brands that actually have merit. So you're going to see, uh, I think Dave Bethune is also a brand that has a lot of the same elements of what makes uh, Richard Mill so popular. But um, but you know actually has merit. So Debethune and then this line sport from uh, from Jorn, I think you're going to see those. I mean, and in terms of price points, like for example, Jorn his new line sport Centigraph 44 millimeter on a rose gold bracelet, it's like an eighty thousand dollar retail, and you can still find them for for less than that for right around like sixty thousand dollars. And I think in, in five years from now you won't see those. I think that'll take the place of of the Richard Mills. So. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if, if you, well, I mean, you've already said many times during this podcast that mm-hmm. you like more dress watches, For sure. which I can respect. And I, and I think that's, that's, you know, that's the, the, uh, old world ideal of, of watchmaking. And while I personally, I love like my next watch is probably going to be a longer. I have a few different, I think I'm going to get a Saxonia, nice. um, will be the next, my next, uh, purchase. Cause I don't have any dress watches, but you know, as a sport watch collector, I think I'd love to see, you know, the, Watches with real merit ended up ending up on risk of people who are buying watches. Yeah, I like for that. I agree with that. Um, and all right, cool. I got, so I just got one, yep. one one more question for you, Pat. Uh, on on like the watch related things, have you have you had an opportunity to like do like a factory tour, or is that of any interest to you? Do you get a chance to? I know you're busy with the the season, but in the off season, um, you know, go to any of the any shows are, are you interested in doing stuff like that or is that something that you haven't put a lot of thought into oh something very interested in um, awesome although it's it's difficult of course with the season yeah. although this year is a little unique with our season <laughs> with the way things are but <laughs> right a typical normal year um i would love to go in the off season summertime we're done with basketball anywhere between june and october so if i can you know squeeze it in there that'd be great but just difficulty planning and yeah. trying to figure out where and when to go to these things whenever, you know, basketball is so yeah. uncertain in my job right now, of course, is the focus for, for basketball. But that is definitely that that's on my list. Well, I would love that's, to go to a factory and, and see firsthand with my eyes um, how watches are made and created and thought process that goes behind it and go to a show and just be in that environment. That's definitely yeah. on my list. That's awesome. That's awesome. Switzerland in the summer is is fantastic. So we recommend it. Maybe maybe John and I can help you out with a factory visit because we have obviously the brand, uh, yeah, brand connections cool. and all that. So maybe after you guys after you guys yeah, raise the trophy this year, yeah, yeah, what, what better way to celebrate? <laughs> we can set up a, a factory. Hell yeah! Hey, maybe Paddock. Uh, maybe we can talk to Paddock about that two seventy three as well. Man, <laughs> get, get you over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That thing is disgusting, yes. man. I love that watch too, man. It's funny because that that salmon dial is it was very polarizing for a lot of people. People, a lot of people were saying, you know, uh, you know, platinum and paddock is usually blue dial, but they made they put a blue dial in the white gold fifty two seventy. So putting that salmon that uh, salmon dial, I think, and and I would love to see like salmon dials overtake blue dials in terms so of popularity because yeah. I don't know, I don't know how you feel, but. Yeah, blue dials are not my thing, but salmon, mm-hmm. man, something about that. Just, yes, it it does. just feels yes, rich, it right? Looks better to me too. I agree. I'm I'm over the blue oh, yeah. dials. Two new blue dials this week. It's like, come on, let's let's try another color. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. Well, listen, we did an hour. This was great. I think I, we could probably fill another hour. So maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll continue this talk another time. But um, I know you got. So are you you're still in Los Angeles right now? Yeah, yeah, still in Los Angeles. We actually fly out to Orlando on the eighth. Nice. So, oh wow, 
getting ready for for, for that trip for as i say going yeah. to the bubble yeah and get yeah. back to work so to it's, it's almost that time yeah that's gonna be uh it's gonna be bonkers well we appreciate as as basketball fans we appreciate you guys you know doing everything you can to to get back out there and, and obviously entertain us and, and also you know fight for a championship for yourselves man that's uh thank you man thank you that's fantastic yeah we wish you the best of luck stay safe stay healthy um God, i would love i really hope you guys resume play um obviously i'm concerned and want you guys all to stay healthy so yeah, you know best of luck the rest of the year yeah man yeah this is gonna be great we'll be rooting for you um uh, obviously if you end up seeing the heat the miami heat in the in the, uh, in the finals then i'll be rooting against you but uh, I, yeah, I think that it's uh, my, well, my picks. I was talking to John about that. Not that you asked, but my picks. I think I think we're going to see the Bucks, and then either either you guys or the, or the Lakers. I think are is, is my picks this year. So either way, we'll see it, and hopefully it'll be a, a fun end of the season. No, it's going to be good. It's going to be good, no doubt. All right, cool, man. So we'll get this we'll get this uh, this bulgari awesome. out to you too before you head out. And mm. uh, guys, if you're listening right now, uh, always remember to subscribe to. Uh, Watchbox YouTube. It's uh, Watchbox Reviews and Watchbox Studios. So you can see Tim's reviews, hands-on reviews and shows on the reviews page. Uh, the studios is going to be all of our other content. Check us out on Instagram, Watchbox uh, on Instagram. My personal Instagram is at Mr. Thanos, M-R-T-H-A-N-O-S. Um, uh, Patrick, you ha- you're on Instagram. What is it? Is it uh, PD Pat? Yeah, at PD Pat, P-D-P-A-T-T. All right, so you can check him out and uh, check him out on Wet Watch Wednesday because he will be making a post as he always does, which I always appreciate. And, <laughs> and Callahan, you have uh, is it John on watches? Yep, John J O N underscore on underscore watches. So John on watches. Okay. All right, and then maybe we can shame Mr. Callahan into uh, doing a Wet Watch Wednesday post. That'd be fantastic as well. I will do my best. I promise. <laughs> I will do my best. I promise. All right, man. Well, thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it and talk to you next time. Thanks, guys.